This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's It's time. It's time for kickoff. Kickoff. First of the end zone. Touchdown! With Boomer Asiasen and Mike Valenti. All right, welcome one, welcome all. It is championship weekend. Boomer, are you ready? Yeah, I am ready. I'm going to be out in Kansas City on Sunday, Mike, as you know, and it's going to be 12 degrees out there, so I'm looking forward to it. we got a half-hour show, 6 to 6.30. little fashion scarf, potentially? A little fashion scarf, definitely. And then, of course, halftime, hopefully not a speaker behind me like last year, (laughs) where you couldn't hear a word any of us said. And then a little bit of post game, but it is going to be cold in Kansas City. But I do love, I got to tell you, I do love going to places like Arrowhead and places that have history attached to them. And of course, the history uh, with Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes is basically this game is always played there as long as he's playing quarterback for the Chiefs. It's going to be emotional for this guy, people. You don't understand. This is like he's got to pick his favorite kid here between Burrow and Mahomes. I love, I love both. And I love the trouble. way they play. I love how they are the unquestioned leaders of their team. Uh, I love the trajectory that both were on once they finally got the ball and became the starter for their respective franchises. And Patrick Mahomes is what everybody's aspiring to be, and Joe Burrow is right on his heels. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Same format as last week. We'll tell you what happened, then we'll tell you what's going to happen to the best of our abilities, and then we're going to go around the league. It's a little different than we did the regular season. So let's start out. Let's go Chiefs-Jags. Chiefs 27, Jags 20. Uh, I, I just on a side note, this is why I didn't want to lay the eight and a half. That was the ultimate backdoor cover. Damn it. Uh, but let's focus on Mahomes' injury because now, as we've gotten later in the week, you're seeing some video. He's out here jumping around, dancing around like Michael Flatley, doing a little, little, little river dance. He looks okay to me. You know, walking up to a podium and playing in an NFL game are two different things. I can I'm only talking go- practice where he was doing like the knee highs and he's going all over the place. I'm going booms. If he's got a high ankle sprain, you're not doing that. You know, the only thing I will say is that I'm sure you've heard a lot of players speaking of their own personal experience with an injury like this. And I'll be one of those players. I had two high ankle sprains. I missed the next game, then came back in the next four games. I wasn't the same player. Now I was able to get through uh, because of guts and guile and for understanding and knowing where people were. But I wasn't able to extend plays. And that's really where this is going to come down. Mm. Uh, One of the things that Patrick Mahomes does so effortlessly is extend plays. And he does it not only in the pocket, but how many times have we seen him run for first downs and touchdowns? So I want to see that part of his game and see whether or not it's going to be as impactful as it has been prior to this injury. And I suggest that it's not going to be. Okay, so They may shoot him up. 
But, you know, at the end of the day, that's not going to last the whole game. No, 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 no. And the other thing, let me just tell you this, and we saw this last week when the injury first happened. You know, he had a hard time getting to the the handoff points. And the other thing is there was no movement. There was no running. And also what happened is that some of his accuracy – now all of a sudden is going to be affected because this is his plant foot. Right. And don't think for a minute he can make it through an entire game without getting hit. And what did the defenders know on the other side? He's got a compromised ankle. Right. What are they going to be doing? They'll go after it. They'll dive at his legs. Yeah, I'm not trying to be mean about it, That's but they're going to go happens. after it. That's the reality of this right. league. I well, mean, I don't like, what are we? We're, well, because everyone's so PC. We're men playing football. <laughs> what do we do? We try to hit the hell out of each other. So do you want the answer? And the, the answer? object is to knock the other team's quarterback out of the game. So I'm going to give you the answer. I think guy. I have an answer for this. <clears throat> what is it? So I'm a Pacheco guy. He was physical as hell against Jacksonville. Love it. By and, the way, love it. And, and look, he's done it all year in a sneaky way. And we've seen this where teams, you get that playoff unknown guy that becomes the guy. I think there's an ability to run the ball against the Bengals. I, I will get to the Bills later. My point is, if they are able to establish early, be physical, run the ball, Pacheco had 12 for, I think, 93 Boomer, I'm telling you, if you want to protect him, that's the best way to do it. I agree with you 100%. And it's one thing, the one thing that the Bill, uh, Bengal, uh, Chiefs, Chiefs have not really been. They haven't really been a run first team. Right. They've tried to be a run first team, but it's more smaller backs and guys out of the backfield, and it's all coming off the passing game. Yeah. But this year, you're right. They have changed a little bit. And the one thing I will say, is the two, these two teams, along with the Baltimore Ravens, when the Ravens are who they really are with their quarterback, they are all physical, downhill-running, physical, powerful teams, which does take a lot of pressure off of the, the quarterback that's playing there. That's why Joe Burrow played an almost perfectly efficient game in Buffalo because of what Joe Mixon was doing. So I agree with you that Isaiah Pacheco has been a difference maker, and they are going to rely on him to be that power running back in this game without question. Um, well, that, and again, the Jags, very few teams in the league have a future brighter than them. Outstanding job by Peterson. Trevor Lawrence answered every question. I I, I love what they're doing down there. Love he, it. They are, they are going to be a force to be reckoned with. They are, they are going to have a really good chance to win the AFC South now for probably the next in continuum. six to ten years, kind of like the way that Patrick Mahomes is dominating the yeah. West, the way that Ben Roethlisberger dominated the Central or the North, I should say. And now Joe Burrow dominating the North and, and Josh Allen dominating the East. That's that's what you're going to get now with Trevor Lawrence and the AFC South. All right, we'll go Bengals-Bills 27-10. I texted you, A, it was a fantastic pick by you. B, it is very rare you see two teams of this caliber, and it is such a thorough ass-kicking. I mean, a domination on both lines. I, I was... I'll get to Leslie Frazier, but just take your victory lap first. All right, I'm not trying to take a victory lap, but I will say going back to that Monday night game that was canceled after the DeMar Hamlin injury, this, that's the way that game started out. Uh, the Bengals went right down the field, and they were on their second uh, possession when DeMar Hamlin got hurt, and they were moving the ball effectively. Their offensive yeah. line was you know, blocking the defensive line, and Ed Oliver and Greg Rousseau weren't getting home early in that game. And I said, man. 
the Bengals are going to kill these guys tonight. It was going to be 14-3. Right. I felt like they they really took it to them that night, and that's why I felt so confident going into this game last week. And, you know, quite frankly, the offense of the Buffalo Bills wasn't thought wasn't at all thought out to the point where they were trying to run the ball. They weren't. Okay. And this is where the Chiefs differ. That's my well, – that's one. Yes. But it, Boomer, my, my main problem – just let me get it out of my system because I don't understand it and maybe you can help me. I'm here. I'm here What the hell with Leslie Frazier? Mm. Okay, now hang on. If one play typifies Leslie Frazier and that blank look on his face, third and seven in the red zone, first half, all right? Yep. You're, you've already spit the bit and you've given up 14 and here they come again. Leslie Frazier puts seven guys to mug the line of scrimmage and 10-yard cushions out wide. Burrow comes to the line. He may as well have flipped the bird and laughed, and he goes, okay. Hike, quick slant chase, 10 yards. What? Nothing they were doing made any sense. Yeah, well, you know, what happens is in a game when an offense starts moving the ball like the Bengals do, now all of a sudden the defense is chasing the game. And, and these third and longs, these third and mediums, what do I do? Do I blitz? And if I blitz, I better get home because if I don't get home, I'm putting a, a cornerback on an island on a lousy-footed field. You got to remember, I always think that a field like that is an offensive advantage, especially yeah. when you have four different guys going down the field that all present a problem for the people that are covering them on top of running the ball effectively like they did. That was what I would call, from a balanced perspective, one of the most balanced, best operated offensive yeah. game plans that I have seen in a long time. They coach circles around McDermott and Frazier. There is Period. no question about that. But, Period. you know, listen, Josh Allen was off. Uh, the Bills, maybe you know, there's a lot of thoughts and theories about this. Were they exhausted mentally from everything that they've been through, especially uh, over the last six weeks? Hey, look, these are young men playing football. I don't buy that. I don't buy it. You know what? Look, I don't want to come off as a bad guy. I get it. But for God's sakes, look, it essentially you gotta you have a job to do. And you're either in or you're out. You work your whole life to be in this spot, and you can dedicate the game to the person who, by the way, is at the game, and it's a miracle. We think a, he was at the game, right? I don't start with that. I had to deal with that in Detroit. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> don't. What are we doing? The Zapooter film? No, come no, on. Here I am. I'm a CBS guy. I know he was at the game. Yeah, I mean, I'm come on. I'm here to confirm that for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. But, no, I just, you get to a point, and, and it was part of my notes in here. It's Mahomes and Burrow, one and two, one and one A, and I think there's a gap to Allen. Next year, it's show or go. This kid's got 32 turnovers in two years. That's his problem. And, and, that's, and, and at a certain point, Boomer, it's who you are. And I wonder if it would have been any different had Brian Dayball st still been there because look at the effect that he's had on Daniel Jones yeah. and the turnover problem that he was bringing into this year. The problem is Dayball didn't want to run the ball, and even still now, Dorsey doesn't want to run the ball. They have to – you are the Buffalo Bills. I get it. You want to play on the fast track. You want Josh Allen to just operate like it's a schoolyard. Boomer, at a certain point, you want to get to a Super Bowl, you're going to have to have an element of balance. Yeah, I think Sean McDermott will work on that this offseason. They also probably need another presence. Defensive coordinator. Well, they need a presence at, at, at linebacker, and you know, hopefully Von Miller will come back and, and give that pass rush the jolt that he did when he was healthy. All right, let's go Niners, Cowboys. This was the most Cowboy loss in history. Niners, 19-12. to 12. I... <laughs> It was. I mean, Dak uh, went full Dak with two of the most atrocious interceptions you'll ever see. Should have thrown a pick six, by the way. Uh, it was Greenlaw jumping a dig route to Schultz that should have been a pick six. 
Uh, the last play was one of the most ha-ha things I've ever seen. And Maher managed to shank a kick that got blocked. Yeah, I, I, I have worry, nothing. I would not worry about the last play. The last play, you know, they no, it was just it right. ha-has. It, it was is. ridiculous. But I will say, I will say this: that Dak had a lot of problems picking the right guy who to throw to, and I yeah. don't know why. I went back and looked at the tape. There are a couple times where he's trying to jam a ball into somebody, where somebody outside of that particular receiver that he's attempting to throw it to is wide open. He wasn't seeing it, Boomer. and you yet that's right. And sometimes quarterbacks do have problems, you know, seeing the field. And no matter how good you are, there's going to be a day where you have a bad day. And unfortunately for Dak, who came off a brilliant performance against Tampa, and as I said last week on this show, it was going to be completely different because the defense of the 49ers presents so many different problems. And I think he was playing the game way too fast. Yeah. Like he was trying to make decisions faster than he had to. And the reason for that is because he was thinking pass rush, pass rush, pass rush, pass rush. When in actuality, he never allowed the game to come to him. He was forcing the issue, no. which ultimately led to a bad performance. And once Pollard got hurt, I felt like it was all over. I, I, here's the thing, and we'll get to it later in, in, the, in the rundown deal. I don't know how you run this back. I don't with McCarthy and Kellen Moore and just keeping it the same. Well, they're going to get rid of the seek. Uh, Elliot will be gone, and they'll they'll change some other things. they got to get a secondary receiver that is going to be a presence on this team. You know who could fix Dak? I don't know. I'd probably call Sean Payton. Yeah, but that's not happening. I know, but Boomer, it's my world. Just allow uh, me. All right, you can, you can play fantasy football, Thank but you. it's not happening. Thank you very much. All, all right. right, let's go now. Let, let's go where fantasies go to die. Eagles 38, Giants 7. <laughs> Um, look, fairy tale's over. It's been a topic all week here at your station, FAN. And, and and again, I don't believe this hurts the vibe of the Giants season. I think Dayball was incredible. I think the Giants overachieved. I, I, I mean, you tell me. I, I just, I heard a lot of the conversation on the shows here, and I'm going, this. I'm a Giants fan. I wasn't even upset. Yeah, well, you're upset the way it ended. But, you know, last week I sat here and told you that there is a huge discrepancy in talent between the two rosters. Oh, nice. And I actually asked you which Giants would start for the Philadelphia Eagles, and you gave me, like, three guys. That's the best I could do. And, and, it, and it proved itself out, not only in this game, but it also proved itself out in the game prior to the Week 18 game. Yes. You saw it on full display. And even with the Giants getting healthier in the secondary – for this playoff game, Joe Shane, their general manager, knows that there is a huge void between who the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys are and who his Giants are. This was a blessing. Work with me. I'm not sick. The It's better that they got absolutely pummeled because it is a reality check to the highest levels of that organization versus smoke and mirrors. It looked close but wasn't. It can factor into your offseason. And it should. And it really oh, yes. should. I, I mean, and that means how much money you're paying Daniel Jones. Yeah. Uh, whether or not you're going to keep Saquon Barkley, which at the number that he wants, he wants like a Christian McCaffrey contract. I have to That's say goodbye. That's not happening. You I have to say, say goodbye, goodbye to him. And it's unfortunate because I think everybody around here likes him. Three out of the five years that he was here, he was over 1,000 yards, and he was extremely productive. He's a great guy. He's not a great pass blocker. No. And he doesn't like running between the tackles. And I think if you put him in an offense where he could be more of a hybrid running back as opposed to the dot running back, I think he could be more effective. And I don't necessarily know that this offense that Dayball runs 
really relies on a bell cow running back. No, and they're going to have to restructure Leonard Williams. And I know Leonard wants to be here, but his cap number is like $32 million this year. They're going to ha- they've got a lot of work to do. Eagles, quickly, your thoughts on Jalen Hurts. Great. He looked healthy. Uh, this was the athlete that I, you know, that we had seen all year long that was in the running for the MVP. I will say, however, A.J. Brown a little bit perturbed that he only had like 20 yards receiving. But that game was over five minutes into the game because the yeah. Eagle defense smothered the Giants offense and they never had a chance, especially when Brian Dable is going for it on fourth and eight early in the game. And then Hated Daniel it. Jones takes a, a grounding penalty and gives them even better field position. So A.J. will be much more involved in this week's game. But I thought overall, good for Jalen Hurts, and he's going to give them a really good chance to beat the 49ers this week. Yeah, and I and I, it, we'll get to the matchups, and we'll, we'll do it in the next segment. I think it's going to be fascinating, the line play. And I know it's a nerdy thing, but I'm excited to see it because you've got elite lines, both sides of the ball, both teams. It's very rare in today's NFL. So we'll get to that. We've got league issues galore. Boomer's bringing Aaron Rodgers to the Big Apple. It's going to be incredibly <laughs> exciting. Um, and so we're going to preview everything. And and we're going to have Boomer play GM for a couple of teams. So all of that and more. Don't make a move. We got you covered. All your championship weekend coverage here. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It is kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. Now, back to kickoff with Boomer, Asiasen, and Mike Valenti. All right, championship weekend. We got both games. We got both totals. And I know I know. Boomer loves the picks imaging, so could we play that for him? Let's go. Picks of the week. I mean, that just gets Boomer in the mood right there. All right, let's roll. Eagles, Niners. Eagles laying two and a half. Your total is 46. So let's dig into the game a little bit, Boomer. Um... What do you make here, Purdy, on the road? Rookie QBs have made the championship game yeah. four times. Yep, They're 0-4. What do you make of Purdy in Philly? So you got Sean King, Ben Roethlisberger, Joe Flacco, and Mark Sanchez all made it to this. So who's who? Now, those guys, most of them all played the entire season. Yeah. Um, Brock Purdy has been nothing short of amazing for me. And I know that you can nitpick him about certain things that he's done, but I'm like, my God, guy's a baby. You got to give him a little bit of break. And the thing that I appreciate most about what he has done is that he's not turning the ball over and he is making quick decisions. But again, I go back to Kyle Shanahan. So he's designing plays and pass protections to take some of the decision-making away from Brock Purdy. It's almost like he's playing Madden with his quarterback and kind of make it a little bit easier for him. He's only got two buttons to hit. Right. I do believe like between six and 12 decisions will be made where he's going to have to read the coverages and he's going to have to read the blitzes, especially if they want to get five men out. 
But I can't imagine against this Eagle defense that they're going to be that way unless they have to be that way late in the game where they're trailing. Yeah. And then they'll have to go out and do something. But they look, they got the best left tackle in football. They have the group of four or five guys around him as skilled players are as good as uh, as anybody in the league and are all smart football players. And the, really the secret sauce, the Kyle Shanahan's offense, there's always motion, yep. there's always a shift, but they're all running the same plays out of different formations and yep. out of different personnel groups. And it's, it's with different players lined up at different positions every single play. And that does something, like the pre-snap candy is what I call it. Like that affects a defense, even it's half a It's a camouflage. Yeah. It's a camouflage, and, there, and it creates a little bit of indecision. So if you're Philly, how do you attack it? How well, do you defense, attack? Yeah, how are you going to make Purdy's day miserable? Well, I, I'm going to count on my front four. I got to get, you know, there's this is a 70-sack team. You know, this is a team that has generated pressure from all three levels, yeah. from their safety position, from their linebacker position, from their defensive tackle and defensive end position, much like the 49ers are. So, like, why am I going to take chances and leave Brandon Ayuk one-on-one, no matter who my, my corner is and how good they are, you know they're still playing against these fast wide receivers, so and Debo Samuel for that matter. For that matter, so the the one thing I do know, he has a tendency. Brock Purdy does to look for George Kittle, so that's the first guy that I'm locking in on. Yeah. If you're asking me how I'm going to, you know, kind of defend their passing game, the second thing I'm going to do is I'm going to try to do and limit uh, Christian McCaffrey from running the ball between the tackles, and there's only one way to do that. And has knocked the living crap out of him, yeah. and see if you can knock him out of the game. What'd you I make mean, of the calf thing? I don't think it's a big deal. I, okay. I know that he is uh, injury prone and everything else, but for this game, he'll be fine. I'm sure he got treatment all week. But I, again, to go back to your initial thought, I, I got to take George Kittle out of the game. I got to hit Christian McCaffrey because he very rarely takes a direct hit. I got to hit him, and I got to gang tackle him, and I got to see if I can knock him out of the game. You know what's really interesting too with Purdy? Not not to nerd mm-hmm. out, but like. He makes the off-platform throws that guys who have way better physical, who have way better pedigree, like he made a couple of throws, Boomer, where like pressure was was coming to him and his feet got parallel to the line of scrimmage and he's got to throw a ball yeah. over to him. It's like the worst case scenario, He's not a big kid either. No, but he's making these plays and you're going, how the hell is he doing that? See, everybody says, well, it's about the team around him. But wait a minute, time out. He has his own situational stuff that he's got to deal with. Yeah. He's got defensive linemen coming at him. He's got to read coverages. He's got to read the whether or not a wide receiver is going to sit down in his own or if he's going to break off because he's reading man. Right. They all have to be on the same page. And really what's amazing in the seven games that he's played is just how in tune he is to everybody. Like that play – to George Kittle last week, which probably shouldn't have been allowed because George Kittle, in my eyes, was an un- ineligible wide receiver mm. due to the formation. But to be able to have the poise to make that throw and then Kittle make the great catch, yeah, uh, you know, you, you don't teach that. No, it's the same thing. When you, in the the play I was referring to as well is the ball to McCaffrey. He kind of ran like an angle route, and McCaffrey's going the other way, and he he had pressure in his face, and he had to basically flip his hips and. And you're going, that's a veteran move by a 6'5", 225-pound QB. That's right. And by the way, the Dallas Cowboys have a very fast defense. Yeah. So he'll have seen a very good defense, much like the one that he's going to see on Sunday. So let's go the other way. Um, Niner defense, we know what they're going to do. They're going to rush four, drop seven. They'll bring an occasional blitz a little late. They'll try to, you know, Werner will try to shoot a gap. But 
My question is Hurts and weather. And again, I know last week they blew out the Giants. Can't go by that. Just no, like you it, couldn't that, go by the Giants get against Minnesota. No, I know. What I'm saying is we don't get a read on what I'm about to tell you is, okay, if he could threaten them with his feet, it's going to open up what I think is the biggest weakness for San Francisco to corners. The problem is the Niners have the linebackers, the athletes, with Werner and Greenlaw to, I think, mitigate that a little. And yeah. that's where I go, I don't know what to do with it. Yeah, well, everybody needs speed and everybody needs suddenness on defense especially, and that's what both of these teams have. Both of them have met all three levels. Maybe the cornerbacks are a little light for uh, San Francisco, but I worry about Lane Johnson with that groin yeah, injury. And I still think it's, I think, it's a, I think it's a sports hernia, by the way, and I told you that last week. Last week it was Kayvon Thibodeau. <clears throat> Rookie, you can engulf him. He doesn't have a lot of moves. He's not nearly yeah, is a whole as strong deal. and as quick as Nick Bosa is. To me, that's the X factor in this game. That specific matchup, and will Lane Johnson make it through the entire game going up against a relentless Nick Bosa? And I mean relentless, folks. You watch him on the field. He's one of the defensive ends in this league who is worth just watching him on a pass play. That's how relentless he is. So that's... To me, that's the money spot right here in this game for the San Francisco defense. Yeah, I think if the Eagles are going to get this done, it's Hurts throwing and taking shots because this, the, the way the scheme works in San Francisco, they're susceptible down the field. I think if that – if it, I don't think the Eagles are going to line up and run it. It's going to be interesting to see how Jalen plays this game early on, to see whether or not he's got the jitters, yeah. whether or not he's got a little bit of nerve uh, angle to him. That's the same thing for Brock Purdy. I always wonder how you calm a, a guy down, get him a couple easy completions, move yeah. the ball. You know, the Giants did move the ball on the Eagles initially in that game last week. It's just that they made a couple bad decisions, and those decisions led to worse decisions, which led to a lot of points and then the game got away from them. That will not be the case here against the 49ers. Where are you going with this? Eagles or Niners? You taking the two or laying the two and a half? I am I am uh I'm I'm taking the Niners. Okay. I think they're going to win outright. I like them 24-23, which then puts me over. in the over category. Okay. I like the over. I do think it'll be higher scoring. I just can't get off the Eagles and a rookie on the road, but I it look who the hell knows? I guess if it were that easy, uh, we wouldn't work for a living. All right, let's go to the second game, and this is really the the one. It, it's the battle. Boomer, both his godsons in this game. <laughs> Chiefs laying one to the Bengals. Now, again, it started out Chiefs minus three, ended up Bengals minus two and a half, back to Chiefs minus one. It's been everywhere as far as the spread. Your total, 47. Um Talk to me. I mean, where are you at right here on open when this came out? And you go, okay, it's going to be a return to Arrowhead. Were yeah, you well, all Bengals? For, well, yeah, I'm going to go Bengals because I, I picked that on the NFL today or earlier in the season that it was going to be the Bengals and the 49ers. Uh, now, here's the thing about the Bengals. Uh, when you collectively put all of their skill guys on offense together, that is the best group in the NFL. They got speed. They got size. They, got a, they have a tight end presence now with Hayden Hurst. They got a quarterback who's got ice in his veins. Uh, they can do it a lot of different ways. They can run it with Samaj P. Ryan. They can run it with Joe Mixon. They have a power running game. They have a finesse running game. They have running backs out of the backfield. And the secret sauce for a great quarterback like uh, Joe Burrow is to play the game the way that Tom Brady played when he was in his prime, and he figured it out. Check it down. And I'm telling you, check it down. When you have Randy Moss and Rob Gronkowski running down the field, and all defenses turning their back on the quarterback – you know what you do on third and 12? 
throw it four yards to Julian Edelman, let him break a tackle and make a first down. Or throw it to Joe Mixon or Hayden Hurst and let them make a, a great run and make one guy miss and, and make the first down. And then when you get back on first down, then you go down the field. And that's exactly what the Bengals have done. They are about as balanced an offense as there is in the NFL that is left in this uh, in, in this playoff run. And I think that uh, they are just too explosive for the for the Kansas City defense. All right, so I'm not going to try to sell you. I'm just going to tell you what I'm thinking. I I think in the biggest games, your biggest weaknesses get exposed. And I look, I understand what the Bengals O-line did to the Bills. We all saw it. But this week, there couldn't be a defensive scheme more, just more different and more just diametrically opposed to Leslie Frazier than what Spags is going to run in KC. Can I just say, while you're saying this, I like Steve Spagnuolo. I am not a big fan of what they do on defense. Did Tell you me. see them get out formation last week? I, they, they were Christian Kirk coming out of the backfield, and he was covered by Carl Loftus. Look, mistakes who's a were defensive made. End. Yeah, not. But great. this is what I'm talking about. His defense has never been overwhelming. It's never been a 49er defense. No. It's never been a, an Eagle defense. It's always been a bend-don't-break defense, and then when he gets in the red zone, he does these crazy blitzes, blitzes. and stuff. But here's the key. Do you know who led the league in quarterback hits? Those blitzes. They led the league in quarterback hits. I, That's yeah. crazy. So here's the one thing I will agree with you on. There is a mammoth on the other side of the ball on the defense of the Kansas City Chiefs, and his name is Chris Jones. He's a game wrecker. So the Bengals probably would have won the Super Bowl last year Without Aaron had Ronald. Joe Burrow been able to, on the last play, look to his right and see Jamar Chase running down the field, beating Jalen Ramsey on a double move. Yep. But who was in the backfield? Aaron Donald. That's right. And he ruined the opportunity yeah. for them to win the Super Bowl. To me, that is the biggest problem going into this game is dealing with Christopher Chris Jones on the defensive line of the Kansas City Yeah, Chiefs. and what I look, what I like is this. And Boomer's right. The red zone, I mean, Spags is like a 15-year-old kid playing Madden, just blitzing nine guys. Hey, dude, forget that. You, you don't have one guy in that secondary, young secondary, by the way. Going up against six foot five T Higgins, six foot three with long arms, Jamar Chase, Hayden Hurst running down the middle. I mean, Tyler Boyd. I mean, think about the matchup. I know of the wide receivers in the secondary of the Chiefs. What I'm basing a lot of it on is the ability with four to make it uncomfortable for Joe. And he I gets, just he gets rid of the ball. The only guy who gets rid of the ball faster than he does is Tom Brady. Yeah. I, th- I think that's actually statistically true. You are watching a player that has figured it out just like Tom Brady figured it out when he was in his prime, and that's why I say there isn't a guy that plays the game more like Tom Brady than Joe Burrow. Now, what do you make of Mahomes? See, here's the other thing, and maybe I'm letting something factor in that shouldn't. I just have a hard time believing Burrow's going to go 4-0 and against Mahomes and go to Arrowhead back-to-back years and put a bullet in their season. I got a hard time with that. I just feel that... The ankle injury is significant. I don't care about walking up the podiums and everything else. And like I told you, they may shoot it up. I don't know if it will last the whole game. You know, at the end of the day, that is a big part of Patrick Mahomes' game. And every time they get near him, they're going to be falling on that ankle. Accidentally, of course. But it's just a part of it. You yeah. know, and uh, I think Greg Olson said it last week in the, uh, the, the NFC game between the uh, Cowboys and the 49ers. He basically said, we as offensive players – always hate when guys run behind us and grab us and yeah. come down our legs because we want to make sure we can get our legs out from underneath. So
So what happened to Patrick Mahomes doesn't happen. Right. I just now know that you have a hampered quarterback. They know it, and when they get a chance to hit it, they're going to go after it. You're going Bengals. That's clear. Where are you at on the total? 47. I, I think I think it's going to be over, and I think it's going to be 31 to 27. That kind of 30 to 27. That kind of deal. And I'm taking the Bengals to go to back to go back to the Super Bowl and meet the 49ers for a third time. All right. And as I said earlier, I won't belabor it. I, I think the Chiefs have an opportunity to run the football here, be physical, keep Burrow off the field a little bit. I know it flies in the face of what people think Kansas City is. Pacheco will play a major role. I think checking it down can play a major role where McKinnon can be involved. I just, maybe I have totally missed the mark with it. I am, if this makes any sense, guys, I'm rooting for the Bengals. Like, let's not get it twisted. I love Joe Burrow. I'm just, I'm here to tell you, I have to tell you what I think is going to happen, not what I want to happen. I am going to take the Chiefs. And because of this idea of running the football, because I worry about Kansas City and the consistent pressure they can apply, I think <laughs> the Bengals would be smart to run the ball. They will. They I'm going will. under. All right, you're going under. So I'm going to just say this real quickly. Go ahead. And and that is when I think about like who the Bengals are, what what their story is. They have had a couple of breaks on defense here in big games. One was against the Patriots. Von Bell forced a, a, yep. a, a I guess and he Sam got Hubbard. The, and Sam Hubbard's got the fumble too. I and those things just don't happen randomly. No. They happen to teams that are on a special, special trajectory. All right. Let's get to the rundown. We got a lot of stuff in the league, a lot more to do. It is kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. Now back to kickoff with Boomer, Asiasin, and Mike Valenti. All right, so. What used to be first is now last because this is what you got to do with the playoffs. So we've got league issues to cover. I mean, Boomer, this has been a banner week for you. I know you're very proud of your efforts. Uh, You're bringing Aaron Rodgers to New York. (laughs) Nathaniel Hackett, Nate the Great, hired as the OC for the Jets, which people are drawing this idea of, well, Aaron liked him in Green Bay. What? Woody said he wants a QB. Yes, Aaron he did. said he'd take less money. What do we want to do with this? All right. So remember, Nathaniel Hackett is in that group of coaches that goes to Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, uh, Rob Sala, you know, Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan. So the, these guys are going to get circulated around. The one thing that this does for the Jets, it gives them a legitimate experienced play caller in the NFL that had success with other teams, including Jacksonville and Blake Bortles. Right. And he sat there on that Green Bay staff, and he was the, got close to Aaron Rodgers, and he watched Matt LaFleur call games. So he may not have been a great head coach, but that doesn't mean he's lost his marbles and doesn't know what he's doing. So I think the Jets finally got the experienced coach that Greg Knapp was supposed to be for them, and they bring in a guy who knows what he's doing. Now the question, who is the quarterback? And if, in fact, it is Aaron Rodgers, that would be great. I would love that as a New York uh, radio guy here, as a— What would it take to get him? I, you know, probably a couple first-round draft picks and a lot of money uh, to be able to fit him under the cap, and that's a whole nother set of circumstances. The thing I worry about there, Mike, is is he going to be all in? You know, like when Tom Brady went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers— he was all in. He moved down there. Remember, he got the house. He had Antonio Brown living with him. Yeah. He was working with the wide receivers. He got to know everybody, and he immersed himself in the entire organization. And all he did there was take them to the playoffs three straight years, and he won a Super Bowl in their building. I would worry, from a Jet standpoint or from any other club standpoint, as to whether or not he would go and be that guy that Tom Brady became for the Tampa Bay No, Buccaneers. he's not that guy. Then I don't want him. Okay, done. Soft. That's it. Aaron, 
cancel the flight. But now who? Now now the question is they're going to keep they're going to keep Zach Wilson. I know that. I feel like it in oh, my bones going to keep him. That means who do you turn to next? Do you draft a kid? Do you keep Mike White? Does Mike White stay here? Or do you go get a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo who knows this offense, who's had success in this offense? Don't oh. shake your head. Oh. I'm just telling you that there is a potential for that. But then again, Jimmy is going to be an unrestricted free agent, and he will be able to pick where right. he wants to go. He ain't going to come here so Zach can take his job in week eight. That's right. Come so, on. So you you can't keep Zach Wilson here. Not you personally. I mean the Jets. Get him out of here. Most teams are going to keep guys at least three years. Look at Daniel Jones stayed here for four years and three coaches, and now finally they're going to give him a big contract to stay here. So every every quarterback finds their way somewhere along the line, and you know where their low level is, and you think that you can get them to another level, and maybe Nathaniel Hackett will do that with Zach Wilson. I don't know, but I think that's part of the plan moving forward for the Jets. Godspeed, Nate. All right. Um, I'm being serious. This is zero smart. How does Leslie Frazier still have a job in Buffalo? You know, he's highly respected. You know, everybody was screaming that he hasn't gotten another chance to become a head coach. And because of his last two failings in the uh, in the playoffs, in the biggest games of the year, I think your answer is right in front of your face. No, his defense has stunk in Minnesota too. But you also have to remember that Sean McDermott is a defensive coach, so he has a hand in the defense as much as Leslie Frazier does. So anything that Leslie is doing, Sean knows exactly what he is doing and is right there standing next to him as if it were an offensive coach talking to an offensive well, coordinator. Then I got news for you. He can go too. That defense that defense is that plan was a joke. And for Sean McDermott to green stamp it and say, Yeah, let's go with that, then you're right. It is on him. Weren't weren't you amazed though how the Bengals handled the uh elements? They it were the was, road team in a funny. very difficult I always hear how difficult it is to play there. Yeah, and and they is. looked totally comfortable. I mean, like, they're built to win on the road. Yeah. They're built to win anywhere. Yep. That Zach Taylor has done an unbelievable job with that team. Yep. I don't know what he says to them internally and how he runs practices. Now, it helps to have a great quarterback to lead the whole thing. Yeah. But that defense has made key play after key play, and a lot of credit should go to Lou Anarumo, their defensive coordinator, for the way that they've played the last year. two years. He's been great all year. Uh, Panthers, this is, this is kind of a boomer rundown here. He's getting Rodgers to New York. He's got his boy back in the league, Frank Reich, out of left field, Panthers head coach. Yeah, not really out of left field for me anyway, because I kind of was part and parcel to a lot of this. Of course, I'm saying no one linked Reich to getting right back into the league, and then boom, it happened. Yeah, well, you know, when you sit down and you talk to Frank Reich, you're going to be, you get really impressed really quickly. Um, and I've always been his biggest cheerleader because he won't cheerlead for himself. He's that humble. He's that kind of person. Uh, and I, I know that when he went into David Tepper, he said, you know, I want you to call everybody in Indianapolis and ask them about me. Ask yeah. them what my shortcomings are. Ask them what my my positives were. You could talk to anybody. I'm not right. hiding anything from anybody. Ask him how Jim Ursay railroaded my entire tenure there. Yeah, he didn't say that. But <laughs> So everybody, I think there are a bunch of guys from the Panthers that were in that meeting called their counterparts in Cincinnati, in uh, Indianapolis to finally get the background on Frank and everything, and they all came away immensely impressed. And then he got called back for a second interview, and I knew the second that he got called back for that second interview, he was going to get that job. And I'm happy he got that job. I wanted him to take that job as opposed to the Arizona job, which he was interviewed oh, for, or the Denver job. I didn't want him to go to either one of those 
because I think he's got an owner here that's going to give him the resources. He may be able to pick a, a rookie quarterback in the draft this year and start fresh with one of those young guys, or just maybe if he likes Derek Carr, he might convince David Tepper to go after Derek Carr. And I thought that Derek Carr and Frank Reich in Carolina – makes so much more sense to me than Derek Carr here in New yes. York playing for the yes. Jets. Yes, I think it, and it's it's less pressure. It's yes. just a different environment. I Look, wh- whatever he wants to do, he can do. I, I think if I'm Frank, I'd rather have this, this piece of clay and I get to mold it. Now, he's got to like these guys. Sure. That's the difference. But You don't want somebody jammed down his throat, but no. they're still going to need a veteran down there even if they do draft a quarterback in the first round and hopefully they'll have a guy that you know that he thinks he can win with and keep the thing together and then when it comes time for that rookie quarterback to take over if in fact that's the way they go then that's the way they go but i can tell you this he is a great guy the team will love him and i know the owner has been impressed with the meetings uh, eddie scazzeri has also said hey why not matt ryan i don't think that's <laughs> happening I don't see that happening. My God. Yeah, Matt Ryan comes complete with a coffin. Um, all right, Micah Parsons. I need to go to you as the former player on this. He was, He's an unbelievable player, but boy, howdy, do I hate when guys go to social media to blast their teammates and blast the organization. I And then, and then he doesn't think that he's doing it, but that's right. how we all see it. So take me through. What is your reaction to it? I hated it. I, I know that he, he'd probably be a good talk show host. Uh, he'd be great on a podcast for that matter. He's not afraid to say what he feels, although every now and again he has to come back and apologize. You remember that whole thing about Brittany Griner? Yeah. We traded the merchant of death for Brittany Griner? That's what he said. Yeah, we did. We shouldn't have, but we did. But then he had to come back and apologize for that. Yeah. So um, now he takes a shot at Dak. Whether he believes he took a shot at Dak or not, we all believe that he did, and it was unfortunate. I don't like it. He's uh, he's getting big for his britches, but his play backs it up. I mean, he's he's a great he's player, and he is going to get a lot of money for the Cowboys. Let me see him turn down the money that Dak got, and then we could talk about this particular quote about making a lot of money compared to not making a lot of money, like Jalen Hurts and say Brock Purdy. Well, how do you what do you do with Dak? I mean, what will you got, Jerry you have no do? Choice. They have no choice. They have to keep him. Yeah. Uh, they got like an $89, $89 million cap hit if they if something happens there where they try to change him out. So, so he's going to be do? there for at least another year. No, what do you do to fix it, though? I, I don't Get know him how. another wide receiver. Yeah, but you really want to run it back with McCarthy and Kellen Moore? Yeah, I do. I don't have a problem with that. I just, what I need is I, you got to get rid of Zeke. And you gotta, you know, sign Dalton Schultz. Well, they got to sign Tony Pollard. He's a free agent, right, too. And he's got a broken leg. But they'll have to find somebody else. But they need to get another wide receiver to help. You know, when Amari Cooper was there, they had a nice little one-two punch. And Gallup is, you know, he's a good player, but I, I need a, I need a top end, n- another top end wide receiver to take some of the pressure off. Uh, Colts Ursay going full Ursay. The reports that he wants to keep Jeff Satter. What are we doing here? Interesting. I usually don't listen to fans too much, but there is a Indianapolis fan out there that does have a point, and he started a change.org page <laughs> saying that we do not want Jeff Saturday as our head coach. He's not our head coach. He's one of our greatest players. We love him as a player. We right. love the, you know, the Pro Bowls, the All Pros, and the Super Bowl, of course. We just don't want him as our head coach. 
So uh, I don't know if that's going to impact Jimmy Irsay. I think he's impacted by fans. I think he's impacted by people around him. They've interviewed a million people for this gig. You're yeah. still coming back to Jeff Saturday? Yeah, well, that's what he's doing. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to go in a different direction. I really do. Who do you think gets it? Just for fun, who do you think gets it? How about Brian Flores? I mean... I'd rather see Brian Flores out in Arizona with his foot on the neck of uh, Kyler Murray and say, listen, son. Oh, what could go wrong there? Guess what? We're going to grow up. <laughs> and, and and you're going to grow up very quickly because you have uh, like eight months of rehab, and I want to see you working mentally on what I'm trying to do here and be a part of the solution as opposed to being the problem. Uh, real quick on the Patriots, Bill O'Brien, OC, quarterback coach. Let's smart. fix. It's incredibly smart, and that's why the question is, the reports about the relationship with Joe Judge and, and Mac and how bad Patricia was. Boomer, how could Bill Belichick allow it? You know, I guess Bill thinks that just if you're a football coach, you should be able to coach any position. And the quarterback position is a really unique, unique place. And and you got to be able to have a guy that really understands everything that you're going through and how to get the best out of you. And Bill O'Brien certainly did that at Alabama with Mac Jones. Yeah. And I think that this is a very smart hire. I think it's exactly what they should have done. They realized they made a pro they had a problem. You know, the other issue about this all this whole thing was the stuff that started coming out of uh the Patriots building, which we never really ever hear of. This, used to be Fort Knox. Yes. And now all of a sudden you're hearing how just difficult that whole transition to both Matt Patricia and Joe Judge was. I mean, that's why Joe Judge is good as a special teams coach. He can scream at those guys. You don't scream at your quarterback. I mean, you hold them accountable, but there's ways to do it, and it obviously didn't work, and that's why they're going to get Bill O'Brien. Uh, real quick, I just, I'm just i hoping you put this to bed, but I have a, a feeling you won't be able to. The reports that the NFL is vetting the possibility of going neutral site for the NFC and AFC championship games because they're just endless greed can't be controlled. Tell yes. me this is not going to happen. Could you imagine Jerry Jones if this team actually made the a NFC Championship game and it was supposed to be oh. in Jerry World and oh, they had to move it to Atlanta? He'd lose his mind. He wouldn't lose his mind. I hope this never happens. There are other ways to make more money, and they've already explored some of these ways, and it's working. Moving the draft around. Moving the combine around. Getting more involved with these college poll games as uh, assessment tools where fans can come and watch how the players are being assessed. It seems like we're all obsessed by that anyway. Yeah. So those things are working. And I love the fact, like, Detroit's going to have the draft, yeah. right? So how excited are the Detroit football fans Very. about having the draft in their city? Very, because it's a party. And it's the NFL comes to you. That's how you grow it. And I love the fact that they're moving it around and took it out of New York and brought it to Nashville, brought it to Vegas. I mean, these things are great. Right. And they, uh, listen, I'm with you. I hope it doesn't happen. Not All the right. championship games. Do not mess with them. And do not take the Super Bowl and put it in an international stadium. Boomer gets 30 sick. seconds to talk Mahomes Burrow. Let's hit the final word. What you say after this don't, don't matter. This is the final word. After everything that has happened in the 2022 NFL season, we got the four best teams. We got four great quarterbacks with all different stories. I love the NFC side of things, but, man, this is an epic battle of two of the great players of our time, and I look forward to them going toe-to-toe -to -toe come Sunday at 6.30 p.m. on CBS. That's it. We've done it all. We've said it all. That is kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. It's kickoff, it's kickoff. with Boomer and Valenti.